welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Whifford. Today, we are going to be talking about Willow, episode 5. Wildwood. Wildwood. All right. Wildwood. So before we get into talking about anything here for episode 5, Wildwood, we're going to give out the typical reminders where if you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram as well, which is at fantasyrewindpod. And we're also on Twitter, which is at fantasyrewind. So, Mike, do you want to get into a little bit of Willow-related news that you sent me earlier today? Yeah, so we've been talking on the show for a bit about how Willow does not have a book series and we were wrong about that. Dom, dom, dom. <laughs> so apparently the book series did come out. Now, this did come out after or following the Willow movie. Uh, and this, the first book in the series was Shadow Moon. And this was a fantasy novel written by Chris, Chris Claremont, sorry, and George Lucas. Lucas, oh my gosh. Well, the series is very different. And I'll give a little overview of the first book in the trilogy, because it is a trilogy. But this was, as I said, published in 1995. Now, I think it was really cool that he got Chris Claremont in on this. Because, for those of you who don't know, Chris Claremont was the big head honcho writing X-Men. For, I think, a lot of the run. Maybe up until the 90s. But, yeah, he's he's really... He, like, he birthed what we now know as X-Men. I I know Stanley made it originally, but Chris Claremont is the reason it is what it is. So that's really cool that he got him as a side writer. Now, let's actually talk about the plot of this for a second. <laughs> and I'm just going to read this right off of the Wikipedia because there's a lot. It's too uh, crazy to do it any other way. Yeah, <laughs> it is very much different than what we know as the Willow TV show. So the plot here is that one year after the defeat of Qu- Queen Bevmarda, Bevmarda, Willow Oofgood continues his life as a farmer while honing his sorcery. One night, he dreams of riding on the back of a dragon named Kalan Denier of Tutirislin. There, he reunites with Mad Mardigan and Sorsha, who rename him Thorn Drumheller, in honor of Alora Dannon's first birthday. He gifts her a stuffed bear, which transfers a portion of his magical power to her. When he awakens, he discovers an apocalyptic cataclysm has wiped out several areas of the world, including Tirislin, killing Mad Mardigan and Sorsha. The High Aldwin urges him to leave. Uh, Nelwyn Vale and investigate the cause of this destruction. Twelve years later, Willow, now going by Thorn Drumheller, searches the lands with Brownies, Rule, and Frangine. The trio are attacked by a pack of de- by a pack of death dogs, whom they ward off with the help of Garen Havelhand, a Dalkini trooper from Anguin. <laughs> it just keeps going, uh, but very, very different than <laughs> um, than what we have now and. I have to say, pretty glad. Yes, I'm pretty glad that we have what we have now as opposed to this. The one thing that this book series did, which I feel like it did better, at least from the synopsis that I've read, um, than what we've gotten in the show so far, is just the fact that we didn't have this elaborate ruse of who is... Alora Dannon, like it was clear who she was and she was in place yeah. to rule and brought up to rule and it even references how she was like a spoiled brat like princess basically 
um, yeah. when Willow finds her again. But yeah, I mean, other than that, this series sounds like a convoluted mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> one that yeah, I one that I would happily still check out <laughs> if I found it for the right price but oh gosh that's the other thing like you look online and they're all like 50 bucks yeah and i'm not willing to spend that (laughs) and it is a trilogy so it's three of them so yeah yeah. no if i see it in like a in a thrift store goodwill yeah yeah yeah. sounds like like, i would find there (laughs) yeah definitely now dylan i also know that you know before we get into this episode here we talked last time about doing a sales pitch for a book series we did, we did. Did yeah. you come prepared for that, or did you want to move that to next episode, or do a separate episode on it? I know? wanted to do a separate episode on it, actually. That is perfectly fine. In fact, you know what might be fun is if we come with two series, okay, or even three. We'll have to decide, uh, because I have a couple that I would love to pitch to sure. you. Sure, yeah. All right. It'd be fun. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, uh, let's plan for another episode for that. But for right okay. now, let's dive into the Rewind. All right, episode five, Wildwood. Dylan, overall thoughts on the episode and go, 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 go. This was actually a little bit of a disappointing episode for me, Um, if Mm. I'm being honest. I thought that the upward trajectory the show had been on, you know, I had higher expectations for this episode, and it Mm kind of let me down a little bit. And a big part of that had to do with the reveal of the true parentage of our knight in shining armor in training. Jade? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I was a little disappointed by that, too. I I don't know, man. I just wish she had kind of just stayed sort of like a, I don't know if this is a good term or not, gutter rat. Like, you know, it's just sort of like an orphan. And yeah. her family, like, she didn't really know. And it would have been cool to find out if her family was like, attached in some way but not like super meaningful to the first movie that would have been cool i think but they've really made it so like all these characters have to have a strong connection to characters in the first movie and the reason why i have a little bit of a problem with jade being uh related to the first bone reaver or the first uh skull reaver i forget exactly the title there um but it's because mm-hmm. of what happened in just the last episode where she saw, like, the vision of the Bone Reaver coming at her, like, swinging the sword, trying to kill her and everything. Yeah, General Keel, right? I, th- I think so, yeah. Um, but, so, because of this vision, because of her, like, reliving that traumatic event in her childhood, it seemed to me very contradictory of for them to come right out and say, like, oh, yeah, that never happened. She's actually this. Like, it was very very strange in my opinion to go that direction with her yeah i agree and it really kind of i think they're what they're trying to do here is really try to make the reavers seem like reasonable people freedom fighters yeah if you will. exactly and I, I mean that that's fair you know they wouldn't just be going around just taking skulls for no reason right and i think it's interesting you know we're in, we're skipping ahead here a while but the speech scorpia gives about how like you know, they're not under the boot of, like, Tyr's lean and not under the boot of the trolls. So, you know, they're kind of in this middle ground. Yeah, it does actually prove to be, like, a nice little character development for that frame of, or for that uh, group of people there that we had never gotten before, because otherwise you just see them as, like, 
these outriders going out there and terrorizing people and everything. Like, they're the ones, episode one, that just, like, or episode two, I think, that just, like, kill the unnamed guard that went with the group here when they left Terra Zine. they completely forgotten about, yeah. Yeah, but this also does frame Sorsha in a different light in what she's done with Tears Lean because it talks about how they have Bath Martyr's blood in them and maybe they have more of Bath Martyr's blood in them than they are letting on. And then we realize as viewers that what kind of a ruler has Sorsha been because up to this point, we've seen nothing but the positive light shown on her. So this is a group of people yeah. that kind of show like, hey, everything's not so great if you're not in Tears Lean and following what they want you to do. So it was just an interesting little side episode kind of uh, to characterize this group of people. But all in all, like I said, not my favorite episode of the season. Um, kind of seemed like a little bit of an unnecessary episode. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the purpose of this one was really to build relationship or chemistry between our characters and start to resolve some things before jumping us back into more tension. In a weird way, it was kind of a funny episode. It really was, yeah. Because, uh, like, you think it would have, like, a lot more at stake, but there never really was any moment where I was like, oh, man, oh, no, they got captured. Like, no. So there's a few things that I kind of took away from this episode, and I know this is kind of jumping everywhere. Um, yeah. but <laughs> It's all right. I'll rein us in in a minute. But going in with uh, what Willow says to Graydon that Alora overhears, where he was like, I was never a great sorcerer. I was just kind of a tricky old man who kind of pulled the wool over people's eyes. And Alora seeing or hearing him say that, and she kind of like drops her jaw and runs, turns around, runs away. And I was like, you know, it's so interesting to characterize him like that because. That's what we've seen so far. But then we yeah. saw this explosion of magic out of him the last couple episodes that show maybe he does have this real ability. Well, and like he says, too, he's yeah. a, just a mediocre sorcerer. Yeah, mediocre sorcerer. But I think it's also good of him to, like, I know he had the truth fruit or whatever, but good of him to, like, recognize that, you know, he talks yeah. a bigger game than what he actually is. Um, there is something else interesting that happens in this episode. And this is probably my favorite part of this episode is in the beginning of this episode or the end of the last episode. I forget which because it blurs to me where you hear like the voice of um, the lich or the voice of the crone telling their little minions like get the girl kill the rest. And we're all as viewers being like oh so they're going right after Alora, like they have been this whole time. But no. You find out in the end of the episode, they were going after uh, our princess there, uh, Sorsha's daughter, to grab her up and take her away at the end of this episode. But that was the trolls. Those were the trolls? That wasn't... Yeah, oh, at the end of this episode? Mind. Yeah. Wow. It was See, the trolls. Yeah, no. I totally thought I... <laughs> those were the people that were chasing them and like no. were, were after them with the lich. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's so yeah, I want to get to that. But anyway, let's start in because the intro yeah, is, I like that the intro is literally like Brom just like ah, running because the gales are chasing him. And I was, I was nervous because I thought, oh, this whole episode is going to be like the gales chasing him through the wildwood. Interesting enough, they didn't even enter the wildwood. No, no, they wouldn't go in. Now, I know you may not have liked it because it had like 
you know, newer music playing during this whole scene, but it was fun. It honestly was giving me sort of like Guardians of the Galaxy type vibes, like some intense like action uh, and, you know, like rock music or punk music playing. Um, I As I said, I was glad it started that quick. And like you said, Willow jumping out real quick here with a flamethrower. Yeah. I thought the, I thought this part was very fun. Honestly, this really just is a a romp, a fun romp through the woods, like with uh, the show in general. Like it doesn't take itself seriously at all. There yeah. are moments of it that you just like are like, what the hell? Like, where did he get a flamethrower from? <laughs> and like if you just like suspend like caring about like uh, anything that's even remotely possible, you know what I mean? Like if, if it's uh, if you suspend your belief, you end up enjoying it so much more because it's just so it doesn't take itself seriously at all. The show is just pure entertainment and fun. Oh, agreed. Um, yeah. Now, I thought this description of the Wildwood was kind of interesting. The whole purpose they didn't want to go into is because it would suck you in and you'd never want to leave. And I thought that was just weird because we've been in the Wildwood in the first Willow movie. Didn't really have that effect. No. Um, and, you know... Like, when we went in here, we got a little bit of that magic, a little bit of that whimsy with, like, that, those butterflies. But outside of that, like... I mean, there were the brownies, but the brownies themselves didn't do anything too fantastical in this episode. Just kind of no, added a really little comedy and, yeah, a callback to the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that it was very interesting because, like you said, they were saying all throughout the beginning part, don't go in there, you'll never want to come out. And then... We this is the second time we've gone in the Wildwood, I think, this season. Because I'm pretty sure that's where Alora met the two woodswomen before. Yeah. And they were fine. And now we find Again, it did look really reavers. nice in there compared to the outside. It did. And now we find the Bone Reavers and they were fine. They're having a party in there. And I almost wonder oh, yeah. like if the whole reputation the Wildwood has earned about like don't win there, you'll never want to leave, you'll never come out is because the Bone Reavers don't let people leave once they come in there and find their encampment or whatever and kind of use oh, the mystique of the Wildwood as, like, a shade over people's eyes about, hey, you don't want to come in here. Don't come looking for us in here because this wood is cursed or whatever. Yeah, could be. I don't know. You know, the trolls don't seem to have a problem with it, but the gales have a problem with it, so... Maybe there is, like, some leftover magic from Shalindria protecting the Wildwood from the Lich or the, his influence yeah. or from the Crone. Very much be. Or very might well be. Very might well be. <laughs> yeah, probably. When we're coming in, I immediately knew we were going to meet someone in Jade's family. Because Jade talks about her parents' killers, like, went into the Wildwood and never came out. And Kit was like, oh, well, maybe we'll meet him here. And I was like, oh, that's definitely foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. We're either going to meet the killers or we're going to meet someone in her family. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we met her sister, apparently. Um, Laura Dannon and Willow are taking a little break here to train. We get a little history on the wand that it's a splinter of the great tree at the center of all things. Shalindria's wand. And Alora Danon must master the four pillars of pedagogy. And apparently she's already mastered one or two. Yeah, I wrote them down. So alchemy, that's what she said, because she 
you know, made the potion for Graydon. Growing stuff. I forget what that one was called. He did he did name it in that earlier episode. Concentration and divination. And she's just making a joke out of it. Like, I'm ready. And she does end up with the wand later on. And I guess she can use it. I think it's going to be interesting here because we have a lot of tropes within fantasy for like magic users. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think about her and how she's just so gung ho to just use magic. And typically when magic users are like this, either they're going to go through a phase where they're going to be tempted to join evil or could turn evil. Right. Okay. Uh, or they end up burning out, getting so gung ho. They hurt someone they love or, you know, and then it's like, Oh no, but now I have this terrible relationship with magic. So I don't know if they're going to go in one of those directions with her or not. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, the third trope that you didn't mention there was the one that I just did too, which is the they also can like burn out and like lose magic temporarily. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they'll have to, to like it. go through get a quest to get it back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Borman decides to talk to Graydon. He boops him on the nose. This part was really cute. He was like giving him all this advice, like, "Well, you know, all the women love me and." Uh, I got all this great wisdom. And Graydon's like, oh, really? Like, what, what, could, what? could you tell me something to do? And he's like, oh, I'll give you some dating advice. Women love it when... And he doesn't finish the sentence because he sees the skulls on the ground. He's like, oh, no, Bone Reaver's like, I know something's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Graydon's like, and they love it when what? When what? When what, Borman? When what? <laughs> um, what do you think he would have said? I honestly have no idea because Borman is so ridiculous that he could have said anything there. But I do yeah. think that it's very intriguing that other people are noticing Graydon liking Alora and him basically coming out in this episode and like letting everyone know, hey, I like Alora. And like then he even tries a little something. With my fiance standing yeah. two feet away. But yeah. I mean, I think everyone knows who his fiance likes anyway. Right. So. Everyone was also like, Kit, we know you like Jade. Go yeah. over there and, and at tell the end, her she how you admitted feel. it. Yeah, she admitted it, and, and then, then she, she got, got troll napped. Yeah, troll snatched. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I was kind of thinking he would tell him some line about how like you got to be degrading to him or mean to him or something like that. You know, uh-huh. women love it when you like ignore them or <laughs> or something. <laughs> I just feel like that would be his shtick. Uh, and we did get to see him kind of laying the charm on on this episode so that was a little bit of foreshadowing too and it was working for him (laughs) yeah they were captured by reavers borman does end up knowing the leader scorpia and i was sitting there for a minute i was like so are reavers cannibals because they (laughs) want they talk about having skull stew a lot yeah actually that's a good question i hope not because that could mean bad cannibals and fig figs of truth yeah so anyway i i immediately put down there and we've already said it but scorpia is jade's sister but i was like oh that's jade's mom oh yeah actually they do look very much alike as far as like that goes so the family ties was no surprise yeah uh but borman and scorpia have a history like they've been together before they really dig each other and Borman is apparently okay lying to everyone under the sun, including this girl he really liked. I love the flashback scene about how he was like, I was trying to get back here before 
this, this, and this happened. And it's just him like getting like plastered and like partying. And uh, I love how he was like, how else do you think I escaped the trolls outside of like killing them all? Instead, he's like <laughs> sitting in a bucket of poop. Yep. I know. I love that part. That was uh, that was one of the best parts of the episode. Dying. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like there's point. This is like the perfect humor they need to hit with this show. And Borman's the one who does it the best which like, is why he's my favorite character so far. yes i had agree yeah he's definitely up there and honestly this episode i will say kit and alora dannon like kit's kind of dug herself out of a little bit of being the worst i think she's still digging in my opinion but she's working her way up well i i would say she stopped digging and she's starting to there you go yeah so she stopped up. digging yeah. she started climbing up okay yeah. good way to put it yeah anyway uh they end up everyone gets captured uh, Jade, they were like, we're going to have fun with you. And Borman gets tied up in Scorpius' tent where she interrogates him about what he was doing. And it seems like it wasn't just Mad Mardigan on this quest, but also some other guy who he said was killed by the trolls. We don't know for certain, but apparently him and that person had a falling out anyway. Graydon was really excited to get put in there with Willow. And his first question's all about Alora Dannon. And this is the fallout from last episode where, like, she sees that he had killed his brother. She's been kind of acting cold towards him. And he's just like, but I love her uh, without saying he loves her after only knowing her for like a week, (laughs) you know. Uh, And Willow's just kind of like here for it, not here for it. I was was like, he's like, leave her alone. Yeah, it's kind of cute how much Graydon and him sort of started to bond and obviously the brownies are there and we get to well one of the brownies are there and we get to sort of have that that moment they didn't really add much to it at all they never really um, do but no nah, i know but like at least they weren't like culturally insensitive this time yeah uh, <laughs> as, as much as the 80s movie was uh but he the one brownie friend did say like hey like you have someone like us now you have them right there in graydon and it's like, oh, okay, so like they're pretty much building up now. Those two are going to be buddies, which is fun, actually. I think that's cool because I do think that builds up for Graydon to become like the next sort of wizard, like yeah. Willow. Agreed. I can totally see Graydon, like I've said this before, becoming a sorcerer. I would not be surprised if his experience with possession comes into play again, where he's able to like either harness something to like. Uh, like summon some kind of demon or like something to help fight them, but yeah, yeah maybe it puts him in tune with magic and it was like a that's what I was a facet of himself he had to get under control or yeah. something. Yeah, um, I did say here that it was interesting because they like they talked about the trolls for a bit between Borman and Scorpia and Troll Mountain. So before, like, we just, in the Willow movie, the original Willow movie, they talked about how terrible trolls were. And we got a couple of them. They were in Tara's Lean in the movie. Yes. But now we know that, like, they have a legitimate kingdom. And apparently they kidnap people and make people work for them. Don't really know or understand that too much. Hmm. So it's going to be interesting to kind of, yeah. It's going to be interesting to, I'm assuming, next episode, you know, because that's obviously where it's going to get a lot more about them and their culture. And it's cool that they took something so small in the first movie and sort of scoped it out a little bit. So this pace has me wondering though, if we're going to get to um, the, where Eric's at 
in this season or if it's going to be something that's going to be left hanging you know what i mean because this is episode five i wonder it's only an eight episode season so i don't know if they'll get there i feel like either we'll just get snippets of him there Mm -hmm. or he's going to just show up to like face them or something yeah but be on the bad guy's side yeah but be on the bad guy's side it's going to be one or the other here it's going to be like that he's that constant motivation for them and he's still out of reach and like things are kind of happening to him in small bits or like we're not going to see him for a long period of time he's just going to show up and hey i'm evil now Mm -hmm. and we'll get some backstory then or something but yeah quick flashback yeah i feel like it's one or the other anyway so we find out general kale was jade's father this is after jade and scorpia fight and scorpia sees that she has a scorpion tattooed on the back of her neck um we find out Scorpius is her sister and how the Reavers tattoo the back of next so everyone knows who their lineage is. And she was kidnapped by Tira's lean. Yada, yada, yada. Stop, stop, sorry, stop, sorry. Now they're all welcome in the Bone Reavers camp. Oh, by the way, Laura Danon blows the door open off of their prison with the wand that she took from Willow. And it's, like, pretty cool, actually. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. And her and Kit had uh, a little moment as well where yeah, Kit wasn't quite as insufferable. And it happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. I really think they were like started off like, oh, I hate her, I hate her, Kit. And then now it's like, Kit's like, can you just help me? Like, mm-hmm. And Delora Dannon's giving her good advice. She is. For the most part. For the most part. Um, so the Bone Reavers are celebrating. Alora's free. All of them are free. Yada, yada, yeah, let's party. Uh, they're celebrating Jade's return. Lori, who is the Bone Reaver we met originally, is also very funny. I really liked him. <laughs> In those brief moments, he was like that big, tough softy. Yeah, exactly. Like a, like a tough teddy bear. Yeah. So everyone's dancing, drinking. They're having competitions. They're eating truth plums. Everyone's totally honest. Obviously, this is a great mix for this campaign of people who just seem to love each other, but not tell each other they love each other. <laughs> uh, so we find out though between Graydon and uh, Laura Dannon when they have a little heart to heart that Graydon was possessed as a child. Things are awkward between her and Alora right now because she's, you know, not sure about all this. And uh, Kit and Alora have like this conversation, and Alora's just like, "Listen, you just gotta tell Jade how you feel." And then she's like, "I need to go do that with Graydon." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so both of them sort of depart to go do their thing. Willow is sort of confessing to Graydon about how he's a mediocre sorcerer. He's built his uh, reputation off of one accident really <laughs> or one bluff i guess and laura hears that like you had mentioned uh we cut to sort of kit and jade having this really intense moment where kit is finally saying like hey i'm a goober i really like you you're the best thing going for me let's do the thing let's kiss and uh that never ends up happening know, they go to have that moment and then all of a sudden it's like something comes behind her grabs her Whoop, she goes back up into the trees. Trolls! And they're just, trolls are just going and grabbing people. So, and that's where it ends. So, like you said, next episode, we're going to see the fallout from this. We're going to see, like, a rescue attempt, I'm assuming, from the Bone Reavers oh, and Willow's yeah. camp to try and get Kit and the other Reavers that were captured back. Yeah. Hopefully, get more of the whole troll, like, civilization. Because it can't just be, like, my if anything we've learned so far in this series is that they're doing their best to make it so each of these cultures 
has a reasoning, has a backstory, not evil just to, for the sake of being evil, like even Beth Morna, right? Well, there's the exception so far of the crone, but she hasn't really been introduced yet. Well, the crone is just part of the Beth Morda thing, which is like they're trying to bring yeah unity, the, the whatever. Worm. Yeah, the cult of the worm, yeah, or all that. Yeah. Which is what what I said, like with Beth Morda. So I just figured those kind of went together anyway. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'll be interested to see the trolls. Maybe like they take these people and they, I don't know, don't eat them, but do something with them. Like except like forcing knows? them into labor, I can totally see them happening or see them doing that, like making them dig because out because they took their lands or, or something. Yeah, something like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if we met like some kind of like troll queen or something like that. Yeah, that they have to like, I negotiate with and like Laura Dannon. Yeah, have mm-hmm. put Laura into the equation and. Like you said, flush them out a little bit more so they're not just these mindless baddies. But who knows? We'll uh, we'll see when we watch the episode. Absolutely. All right. Other than that, man, um, what were your overall thoughts after you uh, got done watching this one here? What are your, like some of your hopes for the rest of the series? Like, what? Uh, where are you at? Okay, so like you said, this is definitely a bit of a downer episode compared to some of the other ones. But I'm looking forward to learning more about the troll culture. Kind of going right from there into the last few episodes. This is episode five. So that means six, seven, eight. We got three more episodes. Yeah. Right? Only eight? Only eight. And um, I'm expecting this to start really ramping up here over the course of these next three. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I hope it ramps up in a positive way. I really wonder what we're going to see as far as Eric goes. And I'm interested to see how quickly Alora masters these other two um these other two Tell pillars you. of magic here and i can totally she's see her doing she's of course she's gonna be impatient but i can totally see her doing like the thought thing with the troll queen if it comes to negotiation time and mastering it that way there yeah oh yeah that's a good point because like each of, each of these tests she has sort of done one of yeah one the of things, the pillars so. yeah so that i can totally see being her negotiation skills is thought yeah. control I would not say that she's mastered any of them by no, any stretch no, of the imagination. No, she did it, she's like, done it one time. And yeah. then she's like, oh, I hope, done. I hope they don't let her get away with that. Like, They're I hope that to. does come back to bite her, you know, just a little bit. But we'll see. Yeah. Like, she could have gotten Eric back at the end, but she wasn't good enough. Mm, that'd be a nice twist. And so that way, when we go into season two, I, I don't know if they've confirmed it or not. I know there's been a lot of talk over the interwebs about it. I haven't looked into it, but... If they do do a season two, like, we're off in a good place where it's like she's got to get her confidence back and she's got to believe in herself. Maybe Willow's kind of out of the picture for some of season two season so we can get some real development with her. And also Who hopefully knows? get Mad Mardigan involved as well and yeah. see how that goes. But <sighs> that'd be cool. Yeah. All right. That wraps it up for this episode here. So this is going to be uh, two nerds signing off. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. See ya.